This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Great pleasure to be with you. We're going to do some money politics, as we always do. We have our first A-team, Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore, Freedom Works and Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and his book, Gubzilla, How the Relentless Growth of Government is Devouring Our Economy and Our Freedom. So welcome to both of you. And I want to talk about a couple of slightly offbeat things. But the first thing I want to talk about is, is Bono. Bono, famous musician, songwriter, singer, global following. And I'm going to read the tweet. Let's see. This is actually a tweet about Bono. I saw it in the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, if I get this right. Anyway, quote, I thought if we just redistributed resources, then we could solve every problem. I now know that's not true. The off-ramp out of extreme poverty is uh, commerce. It's entrepreneurial capitalism. And Bono is a great uh, philanthropist, but I think he's learned that uh, free market capitalism is better than picking various areas or spending your own money. I mean, Steve Moore, this guy's a global figure, and he comes out for free market capitalism and I don't know what that means, but what do you think that means? There's got to be a good thing someplace in this. No, it's a great thing. And, you know, I'm a big admirer of, of Bono. He's done an amazing uh, charitable work over the last 20 years with the hundreds of millions of dollars that he's made as one of the top musicians in the world. Um, but you can only get so far with charity, you know. And what's the old saying? I, I don't know if this is from the Bible or what, but, you know, if you – uh, give a man a fish, he, w he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Mm. And, you know, that's what free market capitalism is, <laughs> teaching people to fish and, you know, start businesses and employ that. people. So, um, yeah, no, it's beautiful. And it, as I said on your TV show the other day, this is the the Cudlow uh, Creed, you know, the best path to prosperity is free market capitalism. And who would have thought Bono would, would get that? By the way, he's been, of course, criticized by the left for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Liz. But that's a tough one. You can't really attack Bono, can you? I mean, no. it's really like attacking City Hall. So the left is going to have a problem with this. Well, I think it's like attacking Gandhi or something, right? I mean, to the left, he's constantly out there espousing all the causes that they like. Now, if he could just put this to music, Larry, then we really have something, right? Yes. What we need is a, a trending, uh, you know, CD with his name on it that has this this uh, mantra. But look. This, it's it's Margaret Thatcher. Eventually you run out of other people's money. Somewhere you have to create money to be distributed to people who don't have enough, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea that corporations are evil because they make profits, which is kind of what you're hearing about oil companies right now, and all the rest that, uh, that the left kind of hates about free market capitalism, they don't kind of 
have an answer for where is the money going to come from for the truly needy and unfortunate amongst us if if indeed those profits don't exist. There is no answer. So, you know, good for him for actually saying this, because to Steve's point, uh, he'll be crucified for it and already has been. I think, though, you know, every time Biden goes out there, I love Biden's closing arguments in the election. It's mega, 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 trickle down. What does down. it even mean, honestly? <laughs> mega, it's mega. So, <laughs> so I, you know, what, what Kevin McCarthy used to say is Bono. <laughs> it's just Bono. Yeah. What are yeah. you going to do with Bono? Bono's supposed to be some yeah. lefty, Democratic-leaning, <laughs> Green New Deal figure, and he's talking about free market capitalism. I mean, the, the culture of that is almost mind-boggling. That's why I love this so much. And by the way, Steve Moore, you're exactly right. Teach them to fish. That's a yeah. key thing. I don't know whether I, Old Testament, it sounds kind of Old Testament. I have to ask, <laughs> right. My wife, Judy, knows about the Bible. I don't know anything about the Bible. Now, the other character that I want to talk about, uh, perhaps more to the point, is Elon Musk, mm. who took over Twitter and fired everybody. In fact, there's a great picture of him walking in the headquarters with a kitchen sink. He's a very clever guy, this Elon Musk. <laughs> now, this is a big deal. This is a free speech big deal, Steve Moore and Liz Speak. I mean, I think this is very profound. I think it's going to affect all of social media. And it's going to affect, I think, all media. It's going to affect CNN. It's going to affect MSNBC. It's going to affect them, all the news networks. This guy is pushing free speech. He's going to completely change Twitter. And I want to get your thoughts on this because I see this as a very profound development. Go ahead, Steve. You first. Um, look, I, I'm I'm really happy with this outcome. I use Twitter. I think you use uh, Twitter. And, and used to. I know you do. We used tweet. to. And, and so... Uh, Look, I'm against the government intervening these, and that maybe puts me at odds with some conservatives who say, you know, let's regulate Google, let's regulate Facebook. No, you know, let the market work. And I think this is this is a private entrepreneur who is highly successful who said, hey, I can run this company better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just about free speech. He thinks he can make more money at it doing it this way and attracting a much wider audience. When you have, you know, how do you kick off of your platform the, the biggest – <laughs> the guy who generates the most business for you. And that's what they did when they kicked off, you know, Donald Trump. So I applaud this. I think Elon Musk is exactly right. And by the way, you're, you're so right too. He's an incredible master uh, marketer mm. um, yeah. in the way yeah. he's carried this off. But he's also a brilliant person. Mm. He is a brilliant yep. person. People yep. kind of dismiss him as a kook. Well, you don't create SpaceX, which is doing more for our space program than the government is at this point if you're a kook. You don't create the Boring Company, which is one of the more innovative, uh, real hands-on solutions-driven company I've ever seen. This guy and, and Tesla, I mean, come on, he made electric vehicles actually a real thing. So I think he's an enormously talented, and he is kooky. There's no question about it. He has a little uh, sometimes plural sense of humor. Okay, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, I'm very excited about this, but Larry, the, the really astonishing thing to me, and I cannot get over it, is the reaction of people on the left who you would think really feel that this is the beginning of the end of civilization. People <laughs> like Robert Reich, who used to have on your program all the time, if yes. I'm not mistaken, yes. 
who came out in this horrified, uh, oh my gosh, a billionaire taking over a social media platform. Who does he think runs Google and Facebook? Right. I mean, <laughs> come on. This is ridiculous. It, it, the left is so over the top incensed about it. It really tells you everything you need to know about what their values are and what they really think is freedom. It constitutes freedom and a free society. If Elon Musk succeeds in making Twitter a free speech platform, and, and if it infiltrates, I mean, look, Facebook, for example, is losing its shirt. Their stock is crashing and so yeah. forth. And all these places, Google, I mean, it is the end of leftist civilization. They're right. The lefties are right. This is a, 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 a sword stuck in their heart, in their guts. Elon, it's just like Bono. These are guys, they're offbeat guys, they're not button-down guys, they're not corporate guys, they're not Republicans, etc. They're doing things and they're saying to the left, you are wrong. You are completely wrong. And I think this is a profound, you know, it's political, but it's almost a cultural issue. That's how deep this is going to run. Well, I, yeah. if I could just say one thing, I think that we, people tend to forget right now because Trump's not in office, the whole cancel culture that really became really horrifying. I mean, if you and also uh, there were two things that got you banned from social media. One was saying anything good about Donald Trump, certainly. But the other thing, which I think was is inexcusable, was not being able to discuss, even if you were a doctor or a scientist, uh, different therapies, uh, different approaches to COVID. Mm. That was a brand new virus. No one knew what to do about it. The idea that Twitter and Facebook and Google would throw you off their platforms if you challenged any of the COVID orthodoxy, those people yeah. should be put in jail because I am quite sure they killed people. Mm. I mean, and I really, I'm not an extreme person, but when you batten down and dismiss alternative uh, ideas about remedies and so forth for a brand new disease. What kind of arrogance and stupidity is that? I, I, I that I can never get over. And Steve, yeah, and it's, all, it's also stupidity as a business model too. I mean, yeah, look, I, I, look, I do believe like Google built it. They should be able to do what they want. I don't buy this idea that Google is some kind of public utility. I hate that idea, mm. but. You know, I think the market is correcting all of this because I think what Elon Musk realized is like, wait a minute, you at Twitter have, have basically um, uh, attacked uh, your half of your audience mm. you know, by going after any yeah. issue or any idea on the right. And so I think that this is going to allow the market to work. And I think you're going to see Twitter, you know, flourish under uh Elon Musk, and, don't, and I hope these other I hope these other platforms realize that this this idea that you're going to attack any uh, anyone who's got a conservative Republican viewpoint is bad business. It's not just a, a freedom of speech issue. It's just it's stupid to insult half of your customers. Yeah, it is bad business. Don't forget, politically, we have pretty good evidence that the Biden administration worked hard on these social media companies. Yeah. Uh, to do, for, for example, what Liz said, to keep out alternative yeah. COVID theories yeah. and remedies, but also to keep out alternative anything. Mm -hmm. And so here's Twitter, a new Twitter, which is, I presume, will be restructured, totally free speech. You want to put some whacked out thing on the left? Fine. You want to put some whacked out thing on the right? Fine. But you can't <laughs> stop it. 
you can't even st- you you know you can't you, you can't have misinformation czars. It is what it is. It's a free country with free speech. This undermines this you know Washington influencing that they've tried so hard to do. I mean, I think this is very important. Well, there is. I mean, Musk has talked about having a panel to review content. I'm sure you saw that. Mm. And I think some on the right are pretty alarmed that this could kind of lead to uh, some suppression of conspiracy theories or or theories that other people don't agree with or whatever. I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see who he puts on that panel uh, and how much judgment they really exert control uh, on the on the platform. You know, wait and see. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't no, know. I, but, I, I've got to say that this misinformation idea the left keeps pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, the New York Times, half of everything they print is misinformation. Yeah. Right. I mean, so everything Biden says is misinformation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, they should put Bono on the panel. They should. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about H.R. 1 and S. 1 permitting as the Republicans' first priority when they take over the Congress January 3rd. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here with Liz Peake and Steve Moore. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here with Liz Peake, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore, Freedom Works and Unleash Prosperity and the book of Zilla. We're talking money and politics. Now, kids, um, there's a lot of talk that um, Republicans are going to sweep. And the first thing they're going to go for, I mean, they have a lot of work to do, obviously. But probably, increasingly, there's talk about what's being called H.R. 1 and S. 1, which would be a bill that would unleash, uh, would unleash, the production of uh, fossil fuels, uh, which permeate every part of life, which would deal with inflation and recession. It would reduce inflation. It would in, uh, it wouldn't remedy recession, but it would sure help promote some growth. And they're going to do it through some kind of permitting bill, uh, which would be law would overtake the regulations of the Biden administration. It may be Shelley Moore Capito, but there's a lot of different mixes in there. But the point is, that's where they want to go first. And I want you guys to weigh in on this, Steve Moore. Uh, I happen to like this a lot. They have met much to do, but I think this would be a very good first start. And I want to add, just on this point, unleashing fossil fuel production, you know, it affects every aspect of everyday life. This is what the greenies forget about, John Kerry and all the rest of them, Joe Biden. Everything is affected by fossil fuels, uh, you know, food, for example, and fertilizer and in operating rooms and in golf balls and tennis rackets. I mean, there's almost no end to it. There's not enough of it. Everybody knows that. So what do you think about H.R. 1 and S. 1, some kind of permitting bill? I love it. And, you know, the polling, by the way, shows if you like rank the top you know, 20 issues, it's like the economy, it's the border, it's inflation, it's crime. And then you go, wait, 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 wait on the list. And there's climate change. Wait, wait, wait down there. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, this is, you know, very, very, very rich um, white liberals who care about climate change uh, more than all these issues that we call the kind of kitchen table issues that are affecting uh, most Americans every day. So. Yes, I agree with everything you said. Look, we have, I'll repeat these numbers. We have 500, don't, don't forget coal, Larry. Don't right. forget coal. We have 500 years with the coal. We have the cleanest coal in the world. Uh, China's building 40 massive 
coal plants. Uh, we have cleaner coal than they do, so let's produce our own coal, obviously natural gas, obviously oil. I, I, I want to include nuclear power plants in that equation. And this is not just in, just to add something, two things to what you said. Number one, it is also a jobs issue. Mm-hmm. And that's why Fetterman is just getting hammered, mm-hmm. hammered in Pennsylvania for being against shale. We shouldn't reuse the word fracking, by the way. It's shale, oil, and gas. That's mm-hmm. what it is. I mean, it's shale, oil, and gas. And we have 500 years worth of coal, 350 years worth of natural gas, and 250 years worth of oil with existing technology. But one other quick thing, it is also an incredibly important national security issue as well. Uh, Yeah, I was just going to raise that. I I think (laughs) what what has really emerged during this last year, and I think Americans are finally – waking up to the idea that this is indeed a national security issue. And if you don't believe it, look at what's happening with Germany and other EU countries who are caught not only short, not only dealing with enormous spikes in energy costs and so forth, but their very existence, their very NATO alliance, everything else is on the line. Why? Because they allowed themselves to be dependent on the wrong people for energy. And for us to be even, uh, you know, even slightly uh, squashing our own energy potential is so absurd. I, I think actually, I really think this is sort of the pivotal issue in this mm-hmm. election because what is driving inflation more than energy costs? As you say, Larry, it, energy and plastics and fertilizers, yeah. all those things related affect everything we eat, we sleep on, uh, everything we drive, and so forth. It really impacts people's lives. So clothing. if inflation is the number one issue, really, it's energy is the number one issue. I mean, you've got clothing, coffee makers, cold cream, combs, computer keyboard. I'm just looking at a list. There's like 150 things. By the way, we have 500 years of coal or whatever you said. Here's one for you. We have two weeks of diesel fuel. <laughs> I saw that. All right. By the way, Two I, my, weeks. Car, my car takes diesel. My wife is like, you better go get a fill up today. Cause we're I, I'm telling you, <laughs> two weeks. You have this potential shutdown. That yeah, was that do. thing Newt sent around. But, but yeah. John Katsimatidis has been talking about this for a while. There's no diesel fuel. Yeah. And by the way, people have to know that all, almost all of the trucks on the road right. use diesel. Right. So what does that tell you about supply chains and inflation? I mean, really? These dopes in Washington do not understand this. <laughs> it tells me that we have people in charge who are incompetent. And I think that's, thankfully, I think the country is increasingly aware of that. Um, you know, in, even in blue cities and states, the hope is, frankly, a lot of people just don't show up in the midterms because they're just over kind of the people in charge. It's not like they love Republicans, but they are really not happy with the status quo, and they're sure not going to vote vote for them again. Boy, fingers crossed that that really produces the kind of surge election. By the way, you guys and Steve, you have been so right about how this election uh, momentum can be generated just weeks from voting day. It's amazing to me to see how quickly things can kind of turn around. By the way, Kamala Harris standing in front of a diesel-powered school bus <laughs> blaming lower test scores on diesel fuel. Uh. All right? Is that the stupidest, even for her, is that the stupidest thing you've ever heard? They, these kids have been riding in diesel buses for decades, and they had higher <laughs> test scores. They're, and she's blaming global warming? Really? I must say, the more you see of Kamala Harris, the more secure yeah. Joe Biden looks in his office. I, I, I really mean, honestly, true. she's she's extraordinary. 
Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how else to put I, I, it. I think, I think I, I, I agree with that list, but I think that they actually that was the intention of the Biden White House. Hey, let's send yeah. out there, stand in front of these buses and say, hey, we're going to we're going to, you know, uh, paint all our school buses green now. Uh, but it, it is absurd, especially coming, by the way, two days after we get these frighteningly abysmal test scores. And right. by the way, this is this, you want to talk about a national security issue. The uh, the decline uh, and collapse of our schools is maybe the number one. You know, we're not producing kids. They've lost a full year of um, of schooling. And you look at these these uh, eighth graders, they can barely read. Larry, I mean, it is it is such a tragedy. Wake up, America. The teachers unions are the biggest villain in America. No, I really no way. It's climate change. Well, <laughs> it's climate fact, change. Steve, That's what's wrecked these point, poor kids. In, in yeah. New York, they're mobilizing. How are they mobilizing last minute in an absolute panic to make sure that Hochul wins? They're getting the teachers unions out. And that is what is so offensive about this union that we all pay for, but they are in the pocket of the Democrats, which is why Democrats will never go after this election issue, I mean, the education issue. And by the way, when you look to 2024, let us put Trump on the sidelines. Hopefully he will be on the sidelines in 2024. I think candidates who can really speak to the American public about education, because that is not, you know, it's not a social issue. It's a, it's an everybody issue. Someone like Glenn Youngkin, I think, is going to do very well pushing education as perhaps one of the top one or two issues. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, Liz. Trump may emerge as a really leading figure again. He may. If his, I don't disagree. If, can you, can you wait until after the election? <laughs> no, I can't. But yeah. I'm saying if these Senate candidates that he backed come home, I, yeah. I'm not making forecasts and I'm not yeah, predicting right. and I'm not pushing. I'm just saying empirically – He's, you know, backing five, six, seven Senate candidates. And if a bunch of them win, you know, it's going to play well, into his hands. That's all I'm saying. You know, yeah, I think that's so, true. You know, I know we're running out of time, but i got to make one last point on this. That, you know, it, the Wall Street Journal had a great piece on this. That The Democrats really, when you think about it, they don't have any message right now. So first it was abortion. And, yeah, that works with some women for sure. But it hasn't elevated to the top. And then, obviously, climate change is an issue they care about. And they desperately want to talk about Donald Trump. Mm. You know, that's I know. What it's all... about. But this, is a, this election is Never not about, Trump. about Donald Trump. It, and so that frustrated them to no end. And by the way, I want to say this. I appreciate that Donald Trump has kind of laid a low profile. Let the election play out, and then we can talk about the presidential the problem election. With America, the problem with America yeah. is diesel-fueled school buses. <laughs> Liz Peek and Steve Moore, thank you, kids. You're both fabulous. I'm Larry Kudlow, folks. We will see you next weekend. Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show.